Happy April and welcome to Kenny and the Coaches. For those involved in the school system, it's either prom month or Easter month, or even the month snow days kick in and you get ready for four day weeks. And it's also state testing month. I think I heard a collective groan from everyone. But don't worry, it'll be here and be gone before you know it and summer will be here. On this episode, I talk with Coach Bo Thomason. He's the head girls basketball coach at Amber Pocasset. Coach Thomason has turned the Lady Panthers into one of the top programs in Southwest Oklahoma, and some would argue the state. Here's my conversation with Coach Bo Thomason. Coach, thanks for taking time. I mean, like by the time we're recording this, we're you're right in the middle of going from districts to regionals. But thanks, time. Thanks for taking time to visit with me a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. I'm looking looking forward to it. Now, one thing I've always kind of wondered about Amber Pocasset, Ampo, which one does do do Panthers prefer to be called, Ampo or Amber Pocasset? Uh, I would say either. Uh, okay. I, I, everyone is called, you know, both. So um, it, it doesn't bother us one bit either way. Yeah. Now, one thing I, I think about that name, I think whenever you say Ampo, everybody knows who they are. Now, you've got one of the top programs around, especially in southwestern Oklahoma. I think a lot of people know who you are uh, in the state. And I think people, especially around here, kind of use games against your girls as like a measuring stick. How have you turned that program into, into what it is? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I've turned it into it. Uh, it's been, it's been um, a highly thought of program for, for many years. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I would say a lot of it just goes back to the, the community um a lot of kids a lot of parents you know have high expectations for their kids uh you know several of these kids parents played um when you know back in the the uh run in the 80s and so um they just that you know they they grew up listening to it watching it um and the expectations have always been here so I think it's just the hard work uh, that the kids put into it and the the expectations from the community and the parents yeah now, how was it, how did you get into coaching, and, and like who were some of the people in your life that kind of influenced that decision to become a coach? Well, so so my my dad passed away when I was about ten years old, mm. and my my mom married my stepdad about twelve or thirteen, and he was a, a football coach mm. uh, in Omagi, and so um, just being around. I mean, obviously, I was a sports kid anyway, but. Being around that, you know, we we were around the, you know, the water boy for the football team, water boy for the basketball team. Just being around it so much, um, just fell in love with sports and and the coaching side of it just kind of came naturally, just from being around it. And mm-hmm. and uh, I can't think of a time that that I that I didn't want to coach. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, you said that about football. I mean, didn't you start out coaching football? I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, I coached at at Ada. Um, I was the assistant assistant high school and head freshman coach for four years um, there in Ada. And, and to be honest, that's kind of the direction I was headed. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed football, still still would love to get back into football at some point, you know, as I get older. But, um, yeah, and that's kind of taking the football approach to basketball as far as, mm-hmm. you know, uh, breaking down plays and, and um, just the way things the, – the way things go in football, I think, can be – uh, put into the basketball side and it's been it's been it's been fun um going straight basketball but at some point i'll end up wanting to get back on the football side yeah 
Yeah, just something I don't think it ever gets out of your blood. That's a, that's a good thing about being just an assistant like I am in football and basketball. I get to kind of get both worlds. You know, it's, Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. Always, it's always a big adjustment going from football to basketball for me mentally. Yeah. You know, as a coach, Absolutely. it's just like, oh, my goodness, i got to shut that off and now i got to turn this on almost – literally almost the next day. <laughs> right, right. Now it's tough, tough going back to back two big sports, mm-hmm. uh, and so especially at a, at a bigger school where the the season goes deep, and and uh, yep. you know basketball season's already starting up. You know, yeah. so yeah. But now getting getting your girls to the state tournament like you did a couple of years ago, what do you think kind of needs to happen to take that next step? Uh, you know, I we always say defense. You know, if, if mm-hmm. If we can bring a, a, a defensive mentality to every game, we've got a shot to to get there. And so, um, all we're needing is a few shots to fall. You know, we I think we're holding holding teams somewhere in the high twenties or something like that, low thirties. Uh, so we're feeling like if we can, you know, if we can get to thirty five offensively, we're going to have a chance to win every night. So mm-hmm. just thinking that way from the start of the season, you know that that we've got to get our defense in order. And I think the girls have bought into that, and and uh, it's given us a chance the last few years. Uh, so uh, it's exciting, you know, exciting being being a, a hard nosed team. And I think the girls have have bought into that. Do you think that being more defensive focused is something that's changed over the years? Do you think more and more teams are focusing more on the defensive side of the ball? I don't know. I, I would actually go the other way. I, I think you know more and more kids just. Just because you know offense is more fun, you know, and so yeah. keep keeping the game fun is is you know obviously important. Um, and so I I've seen more teams leaning more on scoring more points than than uh, I don't want to say worrying about defense, but but putting more onto the offensive side mm-hmm. uh, than they have on the defensive side. Yeah. Now you uh, before you've been at, at Ampo for about ten years. And before you got to Ampo, you were at Roth, right, coaching boys? There. Yes, yes. Now, now, going from coaching boys to coaching girls, was that was that a big adjustment for you? It was. You know, so my son was, was about to be in junior high, and I had just decided I that for he and I, you know, he and my relationship, it was going to be best if I moved <laughs> to the girls' side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we, we were we – were, uh, on the verge of of being really good at Roth before mm-hmm. I left, and uh, I mean we went uh, what did we finish the area area uh, constellation finals, mm-hmm. and we're bringing most of the kids back. But for us, for my family, it was just it was just going to be better uh, to move to the girls side. But as far as the difference, um, you know, girls, in my opinion, have uh, have been smarter. You know, uh, more willing to to. Um, do the the little things right you know where mm-hmm. where boys are typically um kind of wanting to go out on their own at times mm-hmm. um obviously the, the athleticism is a little bit different um but as far as the 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 girls side i don't i can't imagine coaching boys again now that i've had girls for for almost 10 years yeah yeah i think there's some uh no there's a testosterone issue there with boys, you know, being told something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. well, I know how to do this. All right. I've been doing it like this for X amount of years. <laughs> I said that the big difference between girls and boys, coaching girls, you're constantly trying to get them to believe that they're that they're actually as good as they are. Mm. And a lot of times with boys, you're trying to talk them into 
to the to believing that they're not quite as good as they think they are. Boy, and so just yeah. a huge difference there. That's a great way to put it. Um, yep, that is you're spot on with that. Now, starting out at Ada like you did, do you prefer the smaller school atmosphere as a coach? I do. I do. You know, just uh, just a different different kind of kid. Um, I don't mean that good or bad. I just mean mm-hmm. just a little bit different kind of kid. And and uh, and so you know, the the bigger school I enjoyed. Just the um, I definitely enjoyed the football side at Ada. Um, but you know, probably more families, more. Um, interest uh, in the program you would think but then you get to a smaller school and it, it is less families but the interest level to me goes up significantly mm. um, from just the general public you know at our at our um, events we have i'd say 50 percent of the people at the gym have no no dog in the fight no kids there mm. they're just there to to support the community and support the teams uh which i think is is a pretty neat deal yeah yeah, you know, I've never thought about that, about the just the involvement of, of people. I remember, I can't remember if it was this, this past season or season before last at one of our games here at Empire, football game, a person from another larger school in the area had come to watch our game. They were there with my wife, and they were just talking about how the community was so different here at this smaller school than it was at this much bigger school. And I never really thought about that. But, yeah, and you wouldn't think that would be an issue. But, I mean, it it really is. I, I, if I lived in a bigger town, I would be wanting to go to, you know, go watch some good football or good, good right. basketball or whatever. It's, I, but it's just something about smaller communities. I've always kind of told myself, I, you know, when you first start coaching, you kind of have this dream, you know, I want to be a big coach at this big school. But then it's like the more that you're around the smaller schools, I don't – I, I'm I'm perfectly fine being at a small school just because of the sense of community and everybody kind of pulling for every program, you know. Right. No, I I say I I have absolutely no interest in in going up in in size. Um, I, there's there's so many good coaches at all levels. You know, I don't I don't think because you're at a at a particular size school you're mm-hmm. better or worse. You know, I've seen a, yeah. I've had a ton of good coaches in in the smaller school setting. Mm-hmm. Now. You kind of talk about wanting to get back into football at some point in your life. Um, do you think that, and this is probably looking more at the boys side of it, but I mean, you are, you do help with the the boys basketball too. Do, do you think, I mean, you do, don't you? I'm right. I, I don't. I don't help with it, but, but coach Garrett and I are, are best friends. So, I mean, we're constantly, uh, you know, talking, talking X's and O's. So, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely still have some, some, uh, boy ties yeah but I mean do you think that schools that don't have football do you feel like that's kind of an advantage on in in the basketball area for those teams I don't know you know we we always talk about you know when we when we play a team that has football you can just tell the size and kids you know Mm -hmm. you can tell the the weight room is a big difference um and so mm-hmm. i mean is it a is an advantage i'd say it's an advantage from the the time spent in the gym um but as far as i mean you could say it's a disadvantage just because the the types of kids you're getting mm. are typically bigger stronger athletes um you can tell when when a team has football yeah. uh they, they just they just look different yeah probably a little bit more physical i never thought about it and i, I looked at it as the it's an advantage for the non 
football playing schools just because they're so much more skilled. You know, they they're able to work more yeah. on their skills. But I, I've never thought of that side of it, just the more the physicality. Because I, I mean, you know, probably way better than I know, physicality in the playoffs is just amped up. You know, I mean. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. We we try to lean on our physicality more than anything. Yeah. Now. What uh, your, your pregame? I noticed this when we were at the Velma tournament uh, this past November, December, whenever it was. Your pregame, I mean, there's lots of energy, there's lots of hype. The, the charge drill that y'all do, I, I loved it. Is that something that you you've always done? And and talk a little bit about the philosophy behind that, because whenever y'all started doing it, I was just kind of sitting back there not paying attention, and then. I hear all this, you know, hooping and hollering, and I turn around. I'm like, "Oh crap! They're, you know, they're getting after it out there right before the game." Is that <laughs> just kind of talk about that a little bit? I have to, you know, about about seven or eight games ago, I had to had to call them down. So, okay, guys, let's let's turn it down just a little bit. I don't want anybody <laughs> to get hurt during during pregame. But no, you know, used to I, you know, I kind of assigned what we were doing. You know, here's here's we're gonna do this, then we're gonna do this. So the last few years, I've gotten our seniors together and basically said, "Hey, you guys, tell me what what gets y'all ready. You know, tell me what tell me what we need to do to be ready to go 15 minutes from the start of, of warmups." And so, typically, a lot of the girls. Now, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll help them sway one way or the other, but um, but for the most part, you know, I kind of let them decide that that charge drill. We call it take one for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a you know for in, in our minds, you know, taking the charge is obviously a team play. Uh, and so just kind of getting them, getting them going there. And then a big deal for us is if, if someone does put their body in the, in the way of a, of a, uh, a train, we're going to all jump around, help them up, uh, and be excited for them. So that's kind of where that, that drill comes from. But for the most part, the kids, the kids decide that and what they want to do. And, and uh, of course I'm all for anything that, that starts us off ready to go hard nosed basketball. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Now, what all – I mean, you – when you have a team that makes it to the state tournament, uh, what do you think plays uh, plays into a team being a team that has a chance to make the state tournament? I mean, when can you kind of tell? Well, I mean, obviously talent. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've always said you can you can be the greatest coach in the world, but you're going to have to have talent to, to have success. And so um, it starts with the talent. You know, you like with this year's group – um, I saw it early, just our team speed mm-hmm. um, is higher than it's been in years past. Um, I think you have to be able to put four to five scores on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big deal. But again, you know, a lot of it to me just goes back to, to kids that, that want to win, that want to show up every single day uh, and that want to win. And I think, you know, with this group, I think, I think we've had maybe three total mispractices the entire year. Um, and so, you know, these kids, they just, it's, if, if a kid is not there, it feels so weird because we're so used to everybody being there every single day. Uh, and so I think this, this group of kids is just a little bit different, just like the, you know, the, the other teams we've had that that have made it, Mm -hmm. um, just their competitiveness is just a little bit different than, than some of the other teams. Yeah. Uh is there? Do you approach? I got a reason for asking this. Is how do you approach regular season games versus playoff games? Because you always hear people talking about you need to hit your your stride as a best. You need to be the best you're going to be at X point. Is there is there a way that you do you approach regular season games any different than you do playoffs? 
We, you know, we we really don't. Um, I I will. I would say I would approach practice a little different. Um, as far as like, you know, once playoffs get here, we're going to be talking way more other teams' X's and O's. What we need to do to execute against their defense versus you know during the season we're going to be we're just working on us you know we're trying to get better at what we do uh but once playoffs get here you know we're gonna we're gonna look at what they do what we need to do to attack it how do we stop them how do we score against them um so i would say you know regular season we're we're getting ready for us and playoffs we're getting ready for them that's there you go that's a good one now now getting to the big house what do you notice that is different about that atmosphere and the games being played there? Oh, I mean, you can tell just nerves. You know, you see see different nerves with kids. Um, I think the the community support is amped up even more. I mean, I feel like our following is is as good as I've ever I've ever seen as far as just everyday games. We have such a great following. Um, mm-hmm. And then when the playoffs get there, you know, you start seeing even more. Even more people, I think, are, you know, um, the the last year we went, I think if I looked up in the crowd, you know, even 90% of our boys' team, our boys' parents were up there mm-hmm. uh, cheering us on. And so I just think it's a, you know, it's a, just a little bit amped up version of, of what a regular season game is here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something, you know, for the most part, you, some – some of the girls on your team have had experience being in yeah. the big house. I think that's a big thing too, you know. Now, yeah, for sure. Yeah, now, coach. I watched the game where a team stalled the ball for almost two minutes. I mean, we've we, you've heard about the the Anadarko oh, yeah. with boys game. I mean, I'm not going to ask you about the shot clock, but right. there always seems to be two definitive sides to this. Do you like stall ball, or are you more of a just play on with what you with with the situation? So I'm, I'd say I'm I'm one of the very few in between guys. I mean I I personally I'm I, I'm not going to do that. Um, I mean now don't get me wrong. If I've got two minutes left and we're up seven and yes we're going to stall. I mean we're going to we're going to do anything we have to do within the rules mm-hmm. to win the game. And so as far as um, what Coach Shepard did, I it's 100% legal. There's nothing nothing illegal about what he did. He gave his chance. You know his kids the best chance to win. Um, and now I go a little bit different than everybody think. I mean, if, if you're doing that for an entire season, you know, if you do, you know, you go 21 games and you hold the ball for 21 games, then you could go and say that you're, you're not making your kids any better and, mm-hmm. and all the, the, that side talk, but to go try to win a particular game versus a team who's already beat you by X amount of points. I don't see, I don't have a problem with it. It's, it's within the rules, yeah. you know? So but as far as you know, an entire season of it or or whatever, yeah, um, I might have a little bit different approach. But I mean, for a team to do it for two to three minutes, I mean, if that's what they think is the best chance to, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in foul trouble, need to get to the get to halftime, or um, you're just trying to whatever it is, I don't. I mean, unless it's illegal, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I don't want anybody to do it to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's always one of those things where you don't on the coaching side of it, it's like. Duh. Go out there and blitz them. Do I double team them? Because that's what they're wanting me to do. Because they're gonna, right. they're going to they're make a layup whenever I do that. Right. Uh, no, I, it's it's tough. It's a tough call either way. I mean, I, for for someone to do it, I think you're stepping out on a limb and um, you're taking a chance. And so, I mean, I don't. Again, I you know, as long as it's within the rules, I you know, I respect anybody's opinion on on their own team. I don't 
I'm not trying to coach anybody else's team. Yeah, true. No, and that's another thing too. When I heard who it was, I just heard the score at first was four to two, and I was like, no way, it's somebody four to two. And I saw it was Anna Darko. I was like, well, shoot, you can't question Coach Shumpert. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I, he, he's he's won ten times as many games as I have. I'm the last person he's had to, to question anything he's done. Yeah, because man, I, the game that I'm talking about that I was watching the other night, it was how it was one of the, it was a regional. Uh, consolation side, and it was it was a game that ended up going into three overtimes, and it was just you know the crowd was just so into it, and then like two minutes left in the, I think it might have been either regulation or the first overtime, one of them. It was you know it was like four games played almost, and it was like you know whenever they started stalling with like two minutes left, it's just like the crowd died, and I was like oh, right really, but then they scored, so you know they got. And the, the issue is what once you decide to do that. In my opinion, it is so hard to get the kids to then flip into aggressive mode, yes. you know. Yeah. So once you decide to start stalling, you've basically decided, in my opinion, you've decided that that's the only way you're going to finish it, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's a it's a hard decision. I mean, I, I have done it. I mean, I haven't done it to, to the extent that Coach Shumpert did it, but, I mean, I've, I've stalled. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, it's just part of the game. I mean, yeah, until yeah. then, again, I'm, I'm 100% for the shot clock. But um, but as of right now, that's part of the game. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. I'll, I'll be interested to see if anybody tries that in the state tournament. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know about the state tournament, but I'm sure we're going to see it over the next couple of weeks, at least oh, at least yeah. for a little bit. Yep. Now, coach, before I let you go, and I appreciate you talking with me, I can talk basketball forever. Uh, <laughs> but I got one final question for you. I okay. May have to, I may have to since we're on the phone. I don't know if it'll come across, but because I can't do video here but why do you think the catch and shoot three walk is hardly ever called it's like they'll catch it i mean this gets me at least four or five times a season i'm just like i don't know why it's not called a kid will catch it and then take two steps and then shoot it and i've never seen that called they won't dribble they'll catch it take two steps and then shoot it i'm like that's a walk (laughs) everything that all of my players but one they they step into their shot so it's puts down planted step into their shot for that exact reason just because i'm always worried about a walk being called i have one player that jumps into her shot and it's just better for her and and i'm 100 percent whatever it takes to make make the shot so whatever you whatever you're comfortable with and so um i have yet to see it called on a shot i've seen it called on a on a an attack off of the catch. Mm-hmm. So she'll yeah. she'll jump into it and then attack off the catch. And, you know, that's been called. But I'm assuming that they call it that, that on the catch they're considering that a gather. I think NBA term, you know, is a gather. Um, and so it's like they're, they're considering that, that jump stop off of the catch a gather. Yeah. And that's why it's not called. But, yeah, if you, if you put it in slow-mo, there is no question. They leave their pivot foot, mm-hmm. come to a jump stop, and then shoot. So – uh, it's it's gotten to the point where I don't even think anything about it when I see it, um, <laughs> even though I know I mean that that should probably be called a walk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It's it's definitely the one of the rules that that you could probably question a hundred times out of a hundred and be wrong a hundred times out of a hundred, even though you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of quit giving. Up. I just kind of gave up on you know barking about it because it's just like oh my god. I mean, I just sit there and like. Guys, they're they're catching it, and then they're taking two steps, and then they're shooting. Yeah, it's yeah. Up. 
Well, Coach, man, I, I appreciate it, and uh, good luck. Like I said, by the time this comes out, um, everything will be done with. But good luck to you the rest of the way, and I'll be uh, watching to see how you and your girls do. Awesome. I appreciate you for having me. Thanks to Coach Thomason for being on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. A new episode comes out every Sunday on your favorite podcasting site. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and several others. And while you're there, check out some of my past episodes from Seasons 1 and 2. Chances are you'll see someone you want to hear from. And oh yeah, subscribe to the podcast and tell others about it. It's Kenny and the Coaches, and that's Kenny with an E. Until next time.